Blog Talk Radio. you're the king of an empire and you rely on the slavery of your people to keep you rich and powerful but you see your people waking up and starting to show dissent what would you do if you wanted to stay in power you would sure hope that they forget about it you would want to distract them or even better turn them against each other so that they forget about their original cause the mainstream media which we all know is in the business of maintaining the status quo is doing a great job at doing just that. Advanced, progressive, urban, political talk radio. Politicians who are characterized more and more by legalized bribery and normalized corruption vis-a-vis that big money. By a corporate media that ensures that it's a culture of superficial spectacle but no serious public debate and public conversation for the issues that really matter for the future of the nation, but especially the future of the vast majority of the nation who are working class and poor. Or a serious discussion about drones that drop bombs on innocent peoples. Or increasing police powers that allow persons, Americans, to be assassinated without due process or judicial review. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? This is the Alpha Show. Advanced, progressive, urban, political talk radio on TruthWorks Network. Uh, some uh, 
must do things. One of them is um, acknowledging that they laid the greatest to rest today. Muhammad Ali was laid to rest in multiple um, ceremonies. Um, it's never easy. I mean, you're talking about a true uh, hero, a true hero to our community. And in speaking with, you know, a lot of the people that I talked to, um, I was stunned and uh, everybody else was a little shaken. We knew it was coming. It wasn't far off when they told me he was in the hospital. Uh, I just, I just resigned myself that, um, he would um, transition. But um, Muhammad Ali was laid to rest today. And I'll just say this about him right quick. Um, like I said Saturday, Muhammad Ali, the lyrical heavyweight showman who thrilled the globe with his sublime boxing style, unpredictable wit and general generosity, especially late in his life. He died on Friday, June 3rd. He was 74 years old. Clay was not just an athlete who embodied the time in which he lived. He shaped it. His conscientious objection to the Vietnam War, the reason rants against the country fighting for freedom on the other side of the globe while its own Black citizens were denied basic rights here in their own country. Energized a generation, Ali refused to serve in Vietnam and was convicted of draft evasion and stripped of his heavyweight title after he won in 1964 from Sonny Liston. There haven't been too many athletes and I don't believe that there will ever be another athlete like Muhammad Ali. Imagine for a moment in the 21st century, an athlete who an athlete who could command an audience with presidents, Pope Dalai Lama, Castro, Idi Amin, and Saddam Hussein. Ali might have been the most recognizable face and the most famous man on earth, Parkinson's disease, for the last 30 years. Ali's speech late in his life was taken away. But you remember, you will remember Muhammad Ali by his deeds. And for that, we have to simply say, rest in peace, Muhammad Ali, as they laid him to rest today in his hometown. Let me go to the phone here. I've got a new, I've got a new number. I've got a new everything. 
uh, Dennis Graham, the CEO, as a matter of fact, of uh, Truth Works Network, and I thank her for her call, 929-477-2867. And something tells me that um, I simply got to put that in, um, in the chat room because um, I guess I'm like the I've even forgotten the last <laughs> the last phone number. Um, but um, this one is um, even a little more difficult to remember. But I'll do my best. What the heck? There's quite a bit going on in this political, this isn't even political madness. This is just stupid. This is just stupid. And as many people who dislike Hillary Clinton and they just, they are, I call them principled, principled voters. You know, like the principal voters that got us uh, W. Bush, um, Jeb Bush, and Joy and W. purged a hundred thousand African Americans off the voting rolls in Florida, but there were ninety thousand people voting for Ralph Nader, and we got W. Bush. And we see what W. Bush, after the Supreme Court selected him, he was not elected. You see the damage that Bush did to this nation. Let me let me parse that out and simply say it like this: the year two thousand, since the year two thousand, we have lost sixty thousand eight hundred factors companies where we used to make stuff here in the United States. And that was not necessarily the remnants of a George Bush presidency. As a matter of fact, Bill Clinton brought us NAFTA, which was the Republican free trade deal. And I say it was Republican because they control both houses of the Congress. You see, they want to take credit for the good stuff of the Clinton administration, but they want to leave NAFTA to the Clintons. NAFTA and CAFTA and all of the middle-class killing policies that was ushered in through a Republican Senate and House and a Democratic president. All of these things we have experienced are the, I would say, the cancer of the middle class because the middle class in this nation is dying. Between Glass-Steagall, Commodities, Futures, Modernization Act, between Graham, Graham Bleacher, the Phil Graham, Lyle, Leachat, 
those are the three most devastating pieces of legislation that Bill Clinton signed, but they were Republican agenda. And then we have a president who comes in that black folks thought would save the two was on a center right Dino Blue Dog agenda. He would give you some things, a few things, when he had massive, massive people in the Senate and the majorities in the House, massive majority, majorities. But he would not force his agenda through. You see, Republicans, when they get power, they overreach, but they drive their power through. They use their power. They know how to use their power. Democrats want to play, play nice and get along, and that's the problem. And while they're playing nice and get along, they, too, are sucking up the riches, doled out by the corporations and the billionaires and millionaires. You see, Bill Clinton just didn't stumble into the presidency. Pete Peterson brought him in. Pete Peterson, a well-known libertarian, brought him in and financed it. This is his finance. The mere fact that now we have a Donald Trump. Come on. How, How twisted are they going to be if they can't come to an agreement about racism. They're all saying, oh, that was a racist statement. So the the Speaker of the House called it a racist statement. They're all up in arms about the racism. But nobody wants to call it. What's the difference? Can somebody please tell me what the difference is in Donald Trump not disavowing the Klan and David Duke? Oh, he didn't know what they are, even though he's on tape talking about David Duke and the Klan. But then he don't know who David Duke and the Klan, I don't know them. What groups? What groups? So what's the difference in him not disavowing the Klan and David Duke and Republicans not disavowing Donald Trump. It's that simple. It's that simple, and it should be that simple in the media. It should be that simple to get that message across. If you get into a situation where he's a racist, but I'm going to support him anyway, does that make you a racist too? The man has so much money he feels he's above the law. He feels he can bully any and everyone. Well, now that his party is doing backflips to continue to support him, and the media won't do their job, 
and the Democrats won't do their job. What are we left with? We're left with a bigoted racist, a bully, who feels emboldened. Now, you want to talk about emboldened? You have a a evangelical Christian right that seems to be choking on their own values rather than repudiate this bigotry. Care how you come down on the side of religion. You can come down on the side of religion any way you want. But it's a fraud. If you are supporting this man, you are a hypocrite. Especially if you consider yourself a Christian. Christian what? You're choking on your own values if you don't step out and repudiate this bigot. With the three wives and his bragging about cheating on them and, you know, his misogyny, the whole thing, he has to be the perfect, the perfect candidate for the right against the holidays. You always hear them say this. She's the most She's the highly, the most disliked candidate. Well, Donald Trump, has, his negatives are higher than hers, so why is it that they bring hers, her negative ratings? I, I, what, what am I missing here? What am I missing? His negatives are higher than hers, but hers are the only ones that mention. They talk about the email. But Petraeus, as the FBI has confirmed, Petraeus gave classified information to reporters and to his mistress. So what is the all of the kerfuffle about her email server? And they still haven't shown that anything was put out there. The Benghazi hearings seem to be um, blown up in their faces but they continue with it. And we continue to struggle with principles. And I'm not saying principles are bad. You can have your principle. Have your principle. And these, between the people with their principles who know what she's done and I know what she's done and know how untrustworthy she is, and I can tell you, I don't, I'm not expecting too much. I know she's going to flip on TPP and okay TPP. Even though the Republicans want it and the people supporting her labor don't. Bernie Sanders has drug her kicking and screaming further left than she cares to go. But she can't turn and go back. And this is the time that Bernie Sanders needs to take to not just drag Hillary Clinton to the left, but to drag the Schumers, the, uh, all of the Wall Street Democrats that are in the Senate and that are in the House who have enriched themselves, the Dick Durbins, the... Patty Murphy, 
And people look at Patty Murphy as some type of great progressive. But how great a progressive can you be if you are cutting deals with Paul Ryan and you are feeding into his narrative about saving Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid? They don't need to be saved. They need to be expanded. Bernie Sanders is at the precipice. He's on the cusp of doing what I always said Occupy Wall Street should have done. And had they done it and started it then, it would be more accepted now. Dragging the Democrats further left. But you can vote Green Party. Oh, yeah. Jill Stein, she has a good agenda, very good agenda, talking electability. You, at this point, you really have to set your principles aside. You have to kind of really hold your nose and close your eyes. You have to do whatever you can do or whatever it takes to make sure Donald Trump does not get to the White House. Because if he gets there, there goes health care for 29 million people. There goes Roe v. Wade. There goes the Supreme Court and generations of fair judicial ruling. You got Alito, you got Roberts. They are nothing more than activists legislating from the bench. Not to count uh, Clarence Thomas. He's not even an activist anymore. He's just an old coon sitting on the porch. And that's what he does. That's what all he does. The mere fact that this man would not speak or have an opinion in the last 10 years is with the conflicts of interest he has and yet they never bow out. They never recuse themselves. They simply ignore. Ignore their deficiencies and continue to march on. Like Republicans, they never apologize They never go home. They continue the onslaught. They continue the battle. They continue to do the things that they so decry Democrats from doing. 929-477-2867. Let me go to the phone. Six seven eight six seven eight. Welcome to the Alpha Show, and thank you for your return. Six seven eight. I guess can't hear, but only rumblings of six seven eight. But um, six seven eight, I will mute you and come back to you. Again, too. Six seven eight may not have had his hand up. 
uh, the studio board that I'm looking at is strange to me. All of this is like learning it all over again. It's like I have to get used to some of the things that I thought, the things that I took for granted. And by me being off for so long, all of the clips were just wiped away as I was told they do. All of the hundreds of sound sounds and clips that uh, I had, but um, I want to take a break. Um, so I'll be back with you very shortly. But let me tell you something, folks. You can't fix stupid. There's not a pill you can take. There's not a class you can go to. Stupid is forever. <laughs> Advanced Urban Progressive Political Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Alpha. You're listening to the Alpha Show at TruthWorks Radio Network. We can be as badass as we want. We now live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedom, the press destroys information, religion destroys morals, our banks destroy the economy, the inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression, and you can go down the line. You can go down the line. The Wizard of Oz is 70 years old. Today, if Dorothy were to encounter men with no brains, no heart, and no balls, she wouldn't be in Oz. She'd be in Congress. <laughs> Advanced Urban Progressive Political Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Alpha. This is the Alpha Show. Works Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Just damn. The Alpha Show. Now, the master of common sense, take no prisoners in politics and game making. The man from Chicago who's got their numbers. This is Advanced Urban. I can 
I have a different perspective of things. I don't get as I would say as agitated or as wild. I've come to the conclusion that you've got Republicans and you've got Democrats. And the Republicans are simply totally sold out to the corporations and the billionaires. And the Democrats are bargaining and bartering with them. And either way it goes, the middle class is going down. And as the middle class goes down, stupid is on the rise. Stupid seems to be the new fad. Although stupid has been with us for four decades now. And the beginning of stupid is the propaganda, Nazi propaganda-like rhetoric that we've heard coming from the Republican Party. The corporate media has taken a worse turn because now they don't even pretend to be about information and news. They are strictly in it for the money, for the bottom line. And it's like a, it's like money laundering. The billionaires and the Republicans and the corporations, they give the money to the news networks for advertising. How many of you have seen the rise of the PR programs about BP and all of the nefarious, corporations out there. And there are nefarious corporations. And when I say it, when I call them nefarious corporations, I am simply saying this. I put a um, I put a, a link in the chat room. And it's a link about um, a federal report. And the federal report seems to undermine the EPA's report on their assurances on water safety in Pennsylvania. Now, this is in Pennsylvania. And as we know, the rise of fracking, fracking is poisoning the well waters of this nation. Maybe not in my lifetime or in my children's lifetime. Maybe in my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren. The water is being poisoned. Since 2009, the people of Pennsylvania have insisted that as natural gas companies drilled into their hillsides, shaking and fracturing their ground, their water has become undrinkable. It turned milky brown. Percolarine bubbles of explosive methane gas. I saw a very interesting, I think it was on, um, what was the documentary show that comes on after Real Time with Bill Maher? It comes on uh, Vice. Vice is the name of it. They're in a boat motoring down a river. 
and they put the flame to the river, and the river ignites. Not the whole river. It just ignites in parts and pieces. The river is on fire. Now, I was a little taken aback when I saw the water coming out of the faucet that they set on fire. But this was a river, and they were on a boat in this river that a match to the, to the water, and it, it began to burn. Notwithstanding the earthquakes that fracking has been tied to, the people said that the water made them sick. Told through an investigation, the EPA told them that the water was fine. And that's another thing. The EPA, here is, a, here is a governmental agency who is supposed to be making sure the air is clean, the water is clean. But in these agencies, they have the Bush appointees still lingering to bring down that agency, to allow that agency to do such poor work, it collapses under its own weight. You see, that's what they did to FEMA. After Hurricane Katrina, we discovered that you're doing a hell of a job, Brownie. Mike Brown was an equestrian horse uh, president of an equestrian horse club. Had absolutely no knowledge and no background on FEMA work. So, therefore, the agency faltered and failed. That's by design. You have the EPA telling you that the water is fine, you can drink it, and then another government agency tests the water. And they released the findings on May 24th, the Agency of Toxic Substance and Disease Registry, a part of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention warns that a list of contaminants the EPA had previously identified were indeed dangerous. Dangerous. Now, at that point, the people in the EPA should have been swept out. They should have cleaned house. Just like the people at the EPA in Flint, Michigan. Once we come to find out that they simply allowed the poisoning of this community, this black community. They should have been swept out, all of them. And it's my understanding that they are the Department of Justice the Department of Justice has filed um RICO charges against the governor. Um I came across that as I was surfing the Internet. That's a a particular story that came across the the Internet. So I'll be um, keeping an eye out for that. And can somebody please tell me what Mitt Romney is doing? He's feeding, feeding the 
the the backlash on Donald Trump. But he came up with a great line. He came up with a great line, and I think you'll see that trickle down racism. <laughs> trickle down racism. You got to give it to old mittens. Trickle down racism as he attacks Trump. Because that's what it is. And their inability to denounce it, repudiate it, disavow it, makes them racist like Trump. It's a situation where we seem to not want to admit what's in front of our eyes before our face. And oh, by the way, I had to turn off game four of the championship NBA because I just couldn't do the show and watch the game too. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Don't worry. (laughs) We will not miss it. Do not worry. You get to a point where you want to talk about free market You want to talk about land of the free? Not for black folks. Not for black people, not at all. People are very critical about why we are, we haven't advanced and we've lost the, we've lost the big opportunity. And we lost that big opportunity because we had a, we elected a president who wanted to get along rather than govern. The things he could have accomplished with 59 senators waiting on Al Franken because it was needlessly being challenged in a recount and it kept him out of the Senate for eight, nine months. Instead of Harry Reid, this president, directing him to kill the filibuster so his agenda could get met. We didn't get things like public option. We didn't get card checks for a stronger union. And and wait a minute, unions are no bargain. Unions need to be overhauled just like our political system needs to be overhauled. Unions are, I would say, Crack house, drugs, corruption, and cronyism. Look at the policemen unions. Look at the policemen unions all over the country. If you want to see a classic example of good old boy bigotry and good old boy shoot them where they stand, it's the fraternal order of police. I have a lot of friends who are policemen. A lot of friends who are policemen. And they say the same thing. Notice I didn't say I have all the best people. I have I know all the best I've got the best words. Believe me. Believe me, we're gonna win. You know, this 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 narrative that Donald Trump has captured the Fools, the idiots, the bigots on the right, 
It didn't take much of how bad this president has destroyed this country and how allies are weaker. Only people I think have, uh, are weaker are Israel. And the way they are treating the Palestinians, they are the only country left in the world that practices apartheid. You can say what you want, but look at the deeds. Look at their deeds. Look at what they've done between white phosphorus, between bombing of the schools, and they wonder why. The hatred simply runs deeper than it used to. And it will continue to run deeper. Benjamin Netanyahu would not have been able, would not have ever been invited back. I would have never met with him after the stunt he pulled. And they're still trying to undermine the Iran deal. By line, they say it's a path to nuclear weapons, not for the next 10 years. And by that time, who knows? It may not matter one way or the other. By that time, it may have already be a foregone conclusion that we will nuke North Korea, they'll nuke South Korea, and China will be mad, and Russia will be mad, and we'll be and a face-on-face with uh, nuclear holocaust. Who knows? Who can say any different? How's it go, Kesarasa? And that's where we are. That's what we're doing. That seems to be where this fascism has taken us. We've gone, we've superseded an oligarchy and we're going straight to fascism. The corporations have the upper hand. The corporations rule. They make the laws with Alex, the laws. They've taken over the state houses, the majority of the state houses with Republican governors. As Democrats sit back and remain silent. Minnesota Democratic governor lays taxes on the rich. Minnesota governor pulled the deficit, the debt, his state's debt, and he balanced the budget. Now they have a surplus in Minnesota. California, Jerry Brown, $26 billion deficit. They now have a surplus because they basically excise themselves as Republicans in the legislature. The legislation in Republican California is on life support. The Democrats are running the show. The state has rebounded from a $26 billion deficit to a surplus. And yet, those aren't touted as examples of democratic rule. All over the country where 
$15 an hour minimum wage has been enacted. You haven't seen lost jobs. Every lie that they've told you with the propaganda machine and the help of the media has not come to fruition. Everything that they've been telling you is a lie. The Affordable Care Act is a big job killer. Then why have we had 75 straight months of private sector job killer? And I want to get local here because here in the state of Illinois that I live in, we have a we have a governor who I'll say cooned his way into office. Thirty seven percent of Illinoisans hit the polls to vote. Thirty seven percent. And that gave us Governor Brown. Let me give you a backlog, a background on on this. There are 102, 102 counties in Illinois. Pat Quinn, the previous governor, Pat Quinn was elected. He won two of the 102 counties. Two, and his opponent won 100 counties, and Pat Quinn still became governor. Why? Because the county, one of the counties that Pat Quinn won was Cook County, the biggest county in the state. Oh, it houses the Chicago area. So what did Rauner do? He came and bought himself a couple of black preachers and basically advocated on his behalf just enough to to put a crack in the black support for Democrats. And now he's the governor. So what is he doing? For the last 11 months, we have not had a budget here in Illinois. And that has ushered in the death of our state colleges. They will not be able to continue beyond July because of lack of funding. The Medicaid, Medicare program, for the people who take care of the elderly and the ill, they won't get paid, so therefore they're not working. So what do you have? You have people dying. You have a governor who says he wants a new business budget where he gives billions of dollars to corporations, tax breaks. And do you know here in this state, and I played um, I played the lottery, I played the Mega Millions, it's $280 million. And lo and behold, if I win, I can't get paid to the state because there is no budget, but they keep running the lottery. 
and you have people by the thousands because you can only collect if you are under, I believe it's $599, then you'll get paid. And you can can pick that up at any of the local outlets. But anything over that that you have to apply for at the state, you cannot get paid your lottery winnings if you win. I think that's illegal. I think they should shut down the lottery game here in Illinois. But this is what the governor is doing. He is, this is the scorch the earth policy. He's holding state hostage. He's bringing the state to a grinding halt. As he points the fingers to the democratically led Senate and House. And oh, they have, there's enough blame to go around. But this governor wants a total change in the budget to reflect his, his business plan, and he will veto anything that doesn't reflect his veto plan. So he's literally holding the state hostage. The state has grinded to a halt. The credit rating has been downgraded three or four times. It seems to be not a friendly, not a nice place for business. This man, Rauner, who is governor, is a millionaire. He made $47 million a couple of years ago, $53 million a year before he came into office, and he's in that same ballpark this year. So what does he need the governor's job for? He doesn't. What he is doing, he is simply the caretaker, the gatekeeper for corporations and the billionaires and the millionaire. You can get as much about as much logic out of electing this man governor as you want. But of course the two black ministers, they are now they now have government state jobs. So I'm sure their congregation is happy with all of that and I'm sure that um we will not be surprised as to exactly how many people will die in this state. And that in and of itself should be the constant ad for a recall of this government. And I haven't checked. I really haven't checked to see if... Um, it is possible to recall him. But um, the people in the state, this is how bad it is. Governor's wife is head of a a group that gives um, gives care to the ill, to, to sick people. And that group hasn't been paid all year. And they're like, Seven, eight million dollars, I believe, is the number that the state owes money to, but they can't pay it because there's no budget. And this group is suing the governor, so he's sitting at the table with his wife sitting on the other side. And I remember her; she's a Democrat, and he's a Republican, and together we can get this. No, no, I think she's choking on her words right now. 
but just like nationally, the state and local Democrats here are not making him pay for this. They should be basically demagoguing the number of people who are dying, the number of children who are not receiving an education. He's canceled the um, the groups who were being state-funded to stop the violence in Chicago. And, oh, they want to do a great job, but maybe it saved a few lives. Maybe it saved one or two lives. Maybe. 929-477-929-477-2867. I guess I'll have to say that more so I can commit it to memory now. Let me go to the phone. Let's see. 678. Welcome to the Alpha Show, and thank you for your return. Oh, my goodness. Am I dreaming? I went to sleep, and I woke up, and Trump was running for president, and then Alpha was back on. And you're Ruffle Silkskin. Is that right? Brother O'Hickey, how you doing? I am wonderful. How you feeling, brother? Um, not a hundred percent. I'm about sixty-seven, seventy percent, something like that. But uh, I couldn't. I, I, I just couldn't keep my mouth shut anymore. I, well, you I, know, <laughs> we missed you. You know, I um, I know I've been in touch with you a few times, not as often as I should have been. But uh, so much going on. Um, we had to have you back. <laughs> we, we we sorely missed you. Personally, but we missed you on Friday nights, too. And I'm just glad you're back. You know, two-thirds of Alpha, you know, in, in Chicago, they know that's that, that's about 50% more than most of us. So, you know, we'll we, we take it where we can get it. Well, can you answer a question for me, Henry, please? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. What's up? How is it that the same indignation and the outrage for Trump not disavowing David Duke and the KKK is any different from the Republicans not disavowing Donald Trump and his racism. They've already called it racist statement. He's a racist. That's bigoted. But I don't know if you saw Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough lost it. Joe Joe had enough after giving him six months of infomercial. Uh, yeah. He finally exactly. figured it out. You know, Alpha, I am thoroughly convinced. Trump doesn't want to be president. Trump wants to run for president, but Trump wants to be president the way Johnny Manziel wants to be a, wants to play football. Manziel wants know. to be a football player, but he doesn't want to put in the work to play football. And Trump is the same way. He likes running for president, but he doesn't really want to be president. He's trying his best to get out of this, but he can't. He can't. The, 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 America won't let him. Who and what we really are will not allow him out of the game because he represents them. What he says represents them. That's their mindset. If I hear one more person say uh, race relations were fine and Obama's the real racist, I think I'm going to lose it. Well, that's what they do. But that's the mindset of a lot of people. That and reverse racism, whatever that is. Racism is racism. There is no reverse racism means there is no racism. 
But it is what it is. He doesn't really want to be president. He, he, he started out just to say he would run. He had no idea he'd get this far. He outdid a-holes like Chris Christie and um, what's my other man in Texas? I, I, I can't say his name. Um, the senator from Texas. The one that's, what, the, I don't want to say his name. But he outdid them. Now imagine, imagine the effort that that would take. That 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 actually did take, or takes. But he outracist them. He outcrazied them. And all I hear is, well, we need a businessman. The government is not a business, and Trump is not a very good businessman either when it gets down to it. But he's been married three times. He's a serial. Sexual harasser. He's a serial racist. The comments. We find out now that he doesn't even pay the people that he owes. He files for bankruptcy to avoid paying individuals. But this is who they want. But Obama's the problem. He would still be better than Hillary. So he makes racist comments, and I don't endorse him, but I'm going to vote for him. If I vote for you, I have endorsed you. Am I right or wrong? Well, well, they also think those are racist statements, but I'm going to still endorse them. I because mean, he's I mean, better than he be. He would be better than Hillary. That that's their that that's their yeah. statement. Whatever that means. Yeah, he'll be better. He'll be better than Hillary, and that 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 narrative is not only carried by the stupid on that side; it's carried by the principled on our side. True. Let me ask you this. He says that the judge can't judge him fairly because he's a Mexican, which he's not, but he's saying because of his heritage. This is a man who, if he's in the Oval Office, will be the one making the nominations for federal judges. So he gets to decide, and that says he won't nominate those except, you know, what sense does that make? So is he going to go nominate white males? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) The answer is yes, but that's basically what he's saying. A Muslim cannot judge him. A Hispanic person, like you, better be even ask him about about a black person because he really would have had a fit then. Which is his biggest issue with Obama. And that's always been his issue with Obama. Yeah, I mean, Obama puts up this guy Merrick. Why? Why would you put up Merrick? And I'm gonna tell you like this: if a Democrat wins in November. Then they'll rush to confirm that. They will. They will rush. They will rush in the in the lame duck session. All of a sudden, they they'll, they'll give him a vote. Here. They'll confirm him because they fear the alternative. Right. And again, they will have won. They will have their way. Well, what Merrick should do is drop out when they do that, or withdraw. Maybe Obama should withdraw the nomination. Exactly. But, you know, they're saying that the, the American people should have a say. Let's wait till after the election. We had an election to decide who we wanted to nominate Supreme Court justices. It occurred in 2012. Right. And if, and if but, their logic, according to their logic, Obama shouldn't so close to an election, does that mean that all of the senators who are up for re-election shouldn't be voting on bills? Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. 
Should we wait till we have a new Senate to decide? Because we need an election. I don't know. Up is down nowadays, brother. Up is down. Black is white. This is an election. This is when it should not even be close. It should not be, but it will be. It will be. It will be. It will be because with the with the voter suppression, how do you close seventy percent <laughs> of the polling places? And then when you get big lines, four, five, six hour lines, you can stand there with your hands facing the sky, your palms and your hands facing the sky like you don't know what happened. And why is that not voter suppression? You know, it's I'll say this and I'll continue to say this. Just like the story I, I, I gave on um, the water in Michigan, the EPA, the, the the dysfunctional EPA, just like I'll tell you about the uh, the EPA in, in Flint, Michigan, these right. government agencies have been stacked with people whose only job is to make sure that they do not work. And that was done by George W. Bush. He paid exactly. people in places. Just like Seymour and Brownie, equestrian horse CEO, and knew nothing about FEMA, but he was head of FEMA. And that's why FEMA failed in the Katrina hurricane. But he was right there to cheer him on and to lie to the American people and just like every single agency that's out there, every single agency, they're so full of right-wing Republicans, and their only job is to make sure that they do not function. This is the libertarian wet dream that pulls government down, that makes government the villain, the millions of dollars that we feed into these agencies. Just like the VA. The VA is the same way. The VA the IRS is that way now, too. The IRS is that way now, too. And they've defunded the IRS so badly that they can't do yes. that. But then they turn around and point and say, look how, bad, look how bad it is. Look how bad they're doing. Look how bad they're doing. They are literally Grover Norquist's government. They're drowning in, in a bathtub of incompetence. But what gets me is they can continue to put the people who it affects, they can continue to get many of the people who it affects the most to vote against their best interests. Well, they do that because they convince, they've convinced those people that we black people are going to come and get them and take whatever exactly. they believe that they own, that they have, or somebody, some other, some immigrants coming in and taking their job as they conveniently outsource and out offshore their jobs. You know, Republicans filibustered the veterans' jobs bill. They filibustered the infrastructure bill. All of these things would have brought back middle-class jobs. The destruction of the middle class is their goal. And that's by design, too. They got theirs. They're not worried about anything else. And these people somehow 
think as well, okay, Trump's going to bring the jobs back. Trump is sending his jobs overseas. The people that work for Trump can't get paid. He's hiring immigrants, legal and otherwise, but he's going to fix this. He doesn't want to fix it. He simply wants to say, I ran for president and I won. He, he, he tried so long. You think about the comments he made about Megyn Kelly, comments he made about uh, Hillary Clinton getting schlonged. These were things that were supposed to eliminate him from the game, but all it did was bolster what, it, what he's done. Um, someone says something to or about him. He responds the way my 14-year-old daughter's friends respond, by going on Twitter and calling them names. What's he going to do with world leaders? Is he going to go on Twitter and call them names? Will that work? Of course it'll work. Everybody will knuckle down to to the to the demand of Donald Trump. Oh, he, mean, he, he, we're building a wall, and Mexico's going to pay for it. Well, it just it just, it just it just sounds like something. He's going he's going to pull us out of NATO. You know, the president doesn't have that authority, right? The same way the president doesn't have the authority to the same way the president doesn't have the authority to take your guns. But Americans, we're dumbasses and proud of it. That's what makes us work. We we don't want to know, and then when someone tells us and shows us better, we're still content with, I'll still do it my way. Joe the Dumber proved that when Obama showed him, well, my plan worked better for you than than Senator McCain's. Well, I'll just stick with McCain. Okay. Exactly. And that's America. That's how we do things. And I, and I know you, you, you're down there in Atlanta, but there is a little uh, something that's come up uh, about the people of the South when they, the biggest in the South, before they say anything, the first words out of their mouth is, I tell you what. <laughs> that is everything. I tell you what. That I'll tell you what, and I'm gonna tell you what's another one, another good one too, though. I'm not a racist, but if, yeah, if it starts yeah. with that, if it starts with that, look out. So in other words, I'm not a racist, but I'm about to make a racist statement. That's what "but" means. And you are racist. I see it all day, every day. Donald Trump is trying his best to show the one that he is a race, which he is, and it's more so that thought of a white supremacy. That's the real thing. But he's trying his best to show you that's who and what he is. People don't care because that's who and what they are. Mitt Romney, Jeb Bush, and so many others. The, the, one of the senators here in Georgia was quoting a scripture. You see that one about the, the, he, he, he talked about Obama's time being short. And right, the scripture right, continues right, on right, about right. The, your enemy being dead and then let his children become orphans and his wife a widow. Yeah. He, he yeah. didn't mean I mean, that part of it, though. Yeah. yeah Y'all can't yeah, take a always, joke. It's always a joke. It's a, it's Y'all can't a take joke a joke. With these so called, what do they call them there? These uh, values, these Christian values. Right. Things? Christian values. Christian values. They don't share our values. And see, the uh, I don't know if you've gone to the uh, or you've ever heard of, of um, at Lee Atwater, where he says we can't say nigger, 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 nigger any longer. We have to. Right, I remember that. That, that. I remember it. That basically starts that. 
that's what basically started that. So they used code and entitlement reform as part of it and free uh, stuff and all. I mean, it, it, it's gotten to a point, it's gotten to a place where that is why there is a rise of social media. And that's why they want to put net neutrality, new net neutrality on the Internet to stop the flow of information, to stop people from knowing better. Because if you, all you get is them feeding you the propaganda, that's what you're going to have. Exactly. But, you know, we live in an age where anything you want to know, if you truly want to know, you can find out. There's no excuse for people not knowing or for them to say, well, I didn't know. But you can tell them and show them the information, and they're still going to do what they want to do. Well, and that's us. That's America. This is going to be an interesting uh, campaign. One final question. Why are our presidential campaigns so damn long anyway? Because it feeds money into the trough of... Exactly. It's a business. That and voting on Tuesday. They're not interested in voting. You know, at some point there should be automatic registration. There should be... Who would be against that, Alpha? Why would someone be against that? I'll tell you what. Be be 18 years old and a male in this country and not register for the draft and see how that works for you. But but we we don't want to have people registering to vote at 18 if at all automatically, which they should be able to. When they turn 18, they should automatically be. Or same-day registration. They don't really want us to vote, but they want to have elections. And everybody hates their congressman, but we get the same clowns over and over. Everybody's okay but my congressman. And there are some good congresspeople out there. But to me, some of the things that some of these individuals have done, starting with the Speaker of the House, it's, it's just ridiculous. Speaking of the Speaker of the House, you see a, a teabagger got Boehner's old seat. Say that again. But he wasn't far right enough for them. Boehner wasn't. He wasn't doing enough because he, you know, I think Boehner actually wanted at times to maybe have a conversation with the president, but he was, uh, he was coward. And maybe the president wasn't serving enough drinks. I don't know, you know, that's a side issue. But that's what politics are now. If you have a conversation with the other party, Something's wrong. And more so with right-wingers talking to left-wingers. I just don't believe that Democrats hold their politicians to that same standard. You can't have a conversation with a Republican. Or you're a pariah if you do. He's trying to be bipartisan. But being a racist is okay. But but, but, but if you're bipartisan, you're out of there. Right. Right. Exactly. And this is the result. This is the result of the Tea Party and the the corporate led Tea Party taking exactly. the Republican Party and dragging them to the right. This is what I mean exactly. when I say Occupy Wall Street missed the opportunity and now Bernie Sanders is about to miss the same opportunity 
to drag the Democratic Party back over to the left to become more of a progressive party. They so, refuse to go there. They've they right. been trying to be Republican light. We can talk about Green Party. We can talk about starting our own party. But uh, uh, I don't think I'm going to live to 2060. 2060. Well, you know. The Democrats have just got to do better. But for the longest, I mean, you know, this group, you know, the individuals who are listening to your show right now, we all kind of hooked up around, what, 2008, leading up to the election, 2007, from the old U.S. Talk Network. And we watched Democrats capitulate. We watched Democrats, uh, well, let's work out a deal with them. You can't reason with these folks, so you might as well stand for what you stand for. How many Democrats got blown out since Obama's been in office by running away from things like Obamacare rather than running toward it and pointing out the virtues of it? How many Democrats ran away from Obama and still lost? I'm going to be a Republican, especially senators. I think about uh, the lady from Nebraska, Rather than stand on who and what you are so, or, or supposed to be, you're going to run away from him. He's winning his elections, so he's doing something right. Well, Branch Lincoln out of Arkansas, he got a very capable um, primary challenge. And the Obama administration. They backed all, her. They backed her, and she won. And then the people principled her. They wouldn't vote yeah. for her, and now a Republican holds that seat. Yep. So at, at some point, you can see that being the, the blueprint for. Be who and what you are, or what you or what you say you are. If you're a Democrat, run like a Democrat. If you're a Republican. Okay, well, like a Republican, we don't need Republican light. Have no use for it. None. But it is what it is. Well, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to release the line. Maybe someone else is trying to talk. I'm just glad you're back. There's so much to cover. I mean, it's been a year, and you know things would happen, and I, and I find myself wondering. I wonder what Alpha would have to say about this. So now I don't have to worry about that anymore. You just keep taking care of yourself. Um, well, we need to commentary. I mean, you know, a, a whole lot is going on. My um, my my oldest daughter got a college degree, working on a master's. My youngest daughter's preparing for high school. I got a new assignment on my job. Everything's going my way. You got a what? <laughs> I got a new assignment on my job. I'm I'm in a different yeah, position man. now. With Tommy Joy, so everything. <laughs> So everything is going my way. You just keep that in mind. <laughs> All right, old Danielle. Good talking to you, man. I'm still listening. Put me on hold now. Oh, yeah, I'm going to move you to mute and contemplate that. You got to. <laughs> take care, brother. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks for calling. Man. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Brother old Henry. Um, I have been. Um, Cued. I've been badgered. I have to take a break. 
Uh, uh, let me try to get my. Uh, let me try to get my. Uh, my phone seems to be not getting off enough volume, so I may have to go to the speaker part of it to see if that's any better. So when I come back, hopefully, um, hopefully we'll. Um, Take care of that problem. No matter what, know your value. No matter what, know you matter. The I Declare Show, home of Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. The I Declare Show. Real Raw Right Now Talk Media, I declare it. The I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, and I declare it. It's real, raw, and right now, the I Declare Show with India Declare. Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Saturday, 10 p.m. Join us live and live it on On Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Our Common Ground, where friends come to meet comrades. I'm Janice Grant. You're listening to the Alpha Show on TruthWorks Network. Now back to Alpha. TruthWorks Network. Truth works. Works Network Talk Radio. It's the Black Voice Collaborative. Right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Janice Grant. This is Alpha. It would be my honor if you would join Truth Works Network. I believe in truth. Okay, let's see. How does this go? I hello. I came across the Hanauer, and um, he is the founder of Amazon. And last Saturday on our common ground, I played a clip of his his reasoning for the rhetoric, 
that you hear that's against the idea of things like raising the minimum wage and the whole nine yards. But I want you to listen to this because he seems this this is a a clearer um, version of what he had to say. To be the godfather of this. Well, to be clear, uh, without the courage of Occupy and the work of fast food workers around the country, we would not be having this charming conversation. But, you know, uh, so if you care about this country, then you're interested in not seeing it ripped apart by economic inequality. And if you care about fixing that, you have to go straight at the ideas Mm. that propelled economic inequality. Because our policy is driven by ideas, and the ideas that have framed this debate are what I affectionately call trickle-down economics, which is really three things. It is tax cuts for the rich, deregulation for the powerful, and wage suppression for everyone else. And to understand how wage suppression works, it's important to understand, you know, the, the, the idea that drives that is this incredible, insidious, repeated thing, which is if, if jobs go up, employment goes down. If, if, if oh, wages yeah. go up, employment goes down, right? That, yeah, that, it, no, that's bullshit. Yeah, I yeah, that was that's bullshit. right. And, and, and the thing is, is that it has been repeated endlessly in right. our country, and the facts are there right. is no evidence for this whatsoever. But if you can get the broad public to believe that if wages go up, employment will go down, you yeah. get 40 years of I, I, wage suppression. The, the uh, former CEO of McDonald's said a couple of weeks ago that uh, if we have to raise wages, you know, we'd have to go to, we'd have to, go to automatic servers. You know what? Bullshit, because yeah. they already would have done that. If, if they, they could have. If they, of course, of course. And so the thing about the $15 minimum wage is that it is a way to litigate that idea by showing people that, in fact, the fundamental dynamic in a, in a, in a capitalist uh, economy is that when workers have more money, businesses have more customers and hire more and workers. Also, the other thing is, one thing I know about being poor, because I was poor, yeah. is you eat shit. Yes. You have to eat shit. Yes. That's the way our country is designed. Yes. Only wealthier people can buy, you know, whole paycheck. Yes. Is what they call whole foods. Yes. You know. Right. Okay. Right. And what is the biggest sucker of our uh, budget is health care. Yes. If people didn't right. have to eat shit, no. then we wouldn't have this giant health care bill that we yes. don't know how to it, deal it, with. You know, keeping the minimum wage low, and it is, you know, the minimum wage is at historically low levels. If it had tracked inflation, it'd be 10 and a half bucks. If it, if it had tracked productivity, it'd be $22. Right. If it had tracked the wages of the top 1%, it would be $28 today. Keeping the minimum wage low is the most awful form of corporate welfare because all it does is it subsidizes the profits of giant corporations and socializes the costs on the public. For instance, these giant healthcare costs, which are all part of this terrible feedback loop that we need to break through collective action. Right, and of course, the people who work... uh, (laughs) People who work... For a minimum wage, uh, wind up being on welfare. 
Uh, Absolutely. Walmart Which alone. means we are subsidizing. Yes. I mean, McDonald's, what do they make, $25 billion a year or something like that? Yeah. No, they, uh, so uh, we're subsidizing that. Uh, the, the, the best example of this is Walmart, which is our nation's largest employer. Sure. They have a million four, uh, 1.4 million workers. A million of them basically are in poverty. And every year, the public subsidizes Walmart workers to the tune of about $6.5 billion a year. It's, it's, it's astounding. Meaning this, they have to go on food stamps. Uh, and they Medicare don't get paid and all this stuff. They don't, right, get, they don't get paid, paid enough. enough right. So they have to go on food stamps, Medicaid. These are all government programs. Exactly. It's right. completely nuts. And, you know, the thing about capitalism, if it's well-formed, it works quite well. I'm old-fashioned. I don't see why giant profitable companies shouldn't pay their workers enough so that they don't need public assistance. And here's the thing. Companies like Walmart... So the thing... The thing about our economy is that you can think of it as in two. We have two economies. We have the real economy where companies pay their workers enough to robustly participate in the economy as consumers, go out and buy other people's stuff, and pay taxes into the system. But you have these giant profitable corporations like Walmart and McDonald's that pay their workers so little that they can't afford to buy anything from anybody and don't... don't Except Walmart and McDonald's. Well, yeah, and, right. and, yeah. and, and pull, pull, pull services out of the system. And, and there's just no reason for this parasitic behavior. This is not an economic necessity. This is a preference. I mean, who wouldn't want that deal if you can get it? And it is the responsibility, I think, of all of us collectively to end that practice by slowly and surely and by a pretty big amount, raising the minimum wage and making all this nonsense and, go and away. You, and you think the... Uh, <laughs> you, you think the underclass is going to rise up at some point? I mean, that uh, there's going to be pitchforks at the gate, right? Yeah. I mean... Because that never happens. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't happened so far. I've often well, wondered why Well, it hasn't the, happened the... here lately, but, I mean, you know, you have to remember that it wasn't that long ago in our nation's history when the, when the you know, the governor of Idaho was murdered. Uh, because I don't oh, yeah, that. it was only it was a uh, hundred years ago or so. Yeah, Here's the really funny part about that bill: <laughs> is that is it is it a jury acquitted the people who murdered him? Right? They did because well, you know, he deserved it. Uh, uh, and those and, and, and but, those but were that, the pitchforks. That can't be right either. Can well, it? that can't be right. Okay, but good. it is kind of. Um, so <laughs> So here's, here's the point I want to make. Here's the point that's so, I think, so indispensable is that, like, when Paul Ryan or one of these trickle-down clowns says, when, 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 when wages go up, employment goes down, that sounds like a description of reality. That sounds like legit economics. It is not. It is an intimidation tactic masquerading as an economic theory. It's a way, it's a way for powerful people, it is a way for powerful people to bully people without power. Uh, it, it, look, it's the oldest trick in the businessman's job suppression handbook. You ask for a raise, you ask for a raise I threaten to fire you. And people right. have to begin to hear this for what it is. It is not a description of reality. It is, it is them saying, in other words, we matter, you don't. You sound like you're... Now, you have to admire. You have to somehow smile at the apparatus that's been put in place, the, the narrative that has been put forth that the country is following. Just like you have to admire the, the intricacies, the, 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 
just the, the insidiousness of white supremacy and racism. You have to look at it and, and say to yourself, now that's a damn good plan. Because what you are what you are basically living through, what you are seeing is the culmination of somebody's wet dream of how a country for the greedy, for the one percent, for the corporation, the millionaires and billionaires, the legal bribery, while the citizens just sit. Have any of you seen the Michael Moore documentary, Where Do We Bomb Next? That's the name of the documentary. And I'm going to, it's not a spoiler alert or anything like that. I'll tell you like this. Michael Moore goes to the other countries who basically already have what we are trying to get, free college, Medicare for all, and money out of politics. He went around the world. He didn't film any of this in the United States. He went to the countries that already have this in place, and it works just fine. And when you get down to a point where you cannot understand that We've been more than had. We've been more than bamboozled. We've been more than took. You have to say to yourself, when can we put an end to this? When are we going? We need to not only beat the drum to clear out the judiciary, the people, the the their firewall of the courts. Everything that this president does that they don't like, they take him to court because they know that's their firewall. Every government agency that is failed, when they fail, clean house. When they don't do what they were supposed to do, like the EPA clean house, the MMA, with the oil rig and the Gulf, they should have cleaned house. FEMA, they cleaned house on FEMA. But these government agencies have to be held to a higher standard. There has to be a no-tolerance policy. Stop the revolving door of industry outcasts becoming government agency overseers and then going back into the industry. The polluted waters. The the what do they call them now? The train bombs that are carrying the the oil that have a braking system from the nineteen from the eighteen hundreds that they're still using and Republicans are standing in the way of new legislation to upgrade the technology. The technology is there. We just can't use it. This, this, this mindset, this stupidity of handicapping 
renewable energy and not allowing renewable energy to take a front lead. Coal is almost dead. Solar is about to replace coal. I would say natural gas and fracking has already dealt it a lethal blow. But we have to stop fracking too because that's going to poison the drinking water, the life source. Renewable energy, solar and wind-driven energy, there are more jobs in that than there are in the fossil fuel industry. Stop the use of fossil fuels. Programming note. <laughs> I will come ground with Janice Graham tomorrow. Zakara Jabbar. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that first name. Co-founder and executive director, Racial Justice Now, and Dr. James L. Taylor, USF professor, author. This week on Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, that's tomorrow night at 10 o'clock Eastern Time at Our Common Ground here on Blog Talk Radio. Do not miss it. Janice Graham is um, to return tomorrow. Zakiva, Zakia, Benkara Jabbar, co founder and executive director, Racial Justice Now, and Dr. James L. Taylor, professor and author, USF professor. Off this week on our common ground with Janice Graham, and I sadly I missed the um, Heidi Claire show this past Tuesday, but I listened to the archives of the show, and don't miss India Declare Tuesday, eight o'clock Central Time at the I Declare show here at Blog Talk Radio. You know. There simply has been a campaign, a PR campaign of suppressing the progressive agenda and elevating the corporate agenda. The direction seems to have taken a I can't say it's just started. It's been going like this for the last 30 years. Since Reagan, since Ronald Reagan, with the with the getting rid of the fairness doctrine that brought on infotainment, not news, infotainment, that ushered in the likes of Fox News, News Corp, Roger Ailes, and the propaganda, because that's all they are. This is a a tempered form of Nazi propaganda. They've convinced more than half a country to vote against their best interests. The very ones who take more than they give in taxes are calling you 
the nanny states, the welfare states. And they're backed up by a media, a conservative corporate media that simply spews lie after lie. And they have liars that they bring on the air to tell you the same lie over and over again. To tell you to be afraid. Be afraid of the other. Those people who aren't white. As the demographics change in this country, I would just hope that when they finally change and they are in the minority, we do a better job of fairness and we do a better job of treating Americans like Americans. See, Americans and American exceptionalism is only their narrative when they are the beneficiaries. When you hear white folks say, we don't own slaves, we didn't own slaves, and we shouldn't be punished for what our great-grandparents did, but they are the beneficiaries of white wealth, white inheritance, and white privilege. And when they say they don't know what white privilege is, they're liars. And those are the ones you must keep an eye on and make sure that what they are telling you is not only Let's say uh, verify, check, check, and verify, whatever the hell it is. Verify what they're telling you. 929-477-2867. I don't think I'm going to get used to that number, but uh, (laughs) I'm going to give it a try. I have to really get back into the swing of things, if you will. I don't um, I don't really foresee myself, although I have a few things to um, build, and one of the things I have to rebuild are the audio clips that are available to me. So it's going to be a long, arduous process because I used to be able to do that. Now, the um, format that I use, I simply can't find. (laughs) I can't find the sound clips that I record, so I'm going to have to call on my secretary, my assistant, if you will, to help me rebuild these files to a point where I can have a better a better uh, library, a very a, a better audio library than, uh, than I've had, or than I've got now. But uh, she did a very good job of getting this back up in such short notice. I want to thank Janice and thank her very much because I, that just fell out of my mouth Saturday that I would come back on the air. And I guess that's getting back on the horse and riding this horse until the, until the horse drops dead. So I want everyone to understand one thing when I I am not blinded. I am not just 
unaware of the nefarious deeds of the Clinton. They've done some pretty low down, you know what I mean, pretty low down. And to actually, I would have to say to myself, is not voting against my best interest. It's voting for a lesser evil. You are such a bag of butt cracks. <laughs> I like that one. I like this one. This is an old favorite. If you don't have a job and you're not rich, blame yourself. Oh, do we do we miss him? Do we miss him with the with the lights of Cruz and and um, Marco Rubio and Chris Christie? Can somebody tell me how is it that Chris Christie has lost his dignity so badly? He has totally tanked. He can't run for governor in New Jersey anymore. So what is he going to do? He's probably for Donald Trump. Oh. Donald Trump will make your make him uh, DOJ. He'll make him the the head. He's the head lawyer in the nation. And then nothing, nothing that progressives want will they will they get? Nothing. And I heard. What did I hear them? They want to talk about Bernie Sanders, socialist. He's a socialist. He's a socialist. And as Bill Maher said. There is a cure for capitalism, and that cure is socialism, and that socialism is the lap band for capitalism to make sure that capitalism doesn't eat everything because they're eating everything, private prisons, private schools, privatizing the wars. Everything is going to privateers. And it costs three to five times as much. That's why they are demonizing and vilifying the government because if the government is doing it, then the private sector cannot do it. Infrastructure repair, that should be done by the government. And when you speak and you sit and you say, well, the government can't do anything right. That's by design. That's by design. They're set to fail. They're supposed to fail. Usher in privatization. The post office. They're so close to closing down the post office. And my question is, will they need a constitutional amendment to do so? Because it's in the Constitution. This is why the Supreme Court is so important. This is why who appoints Supreme Court justices are so important. With Donald Trump on the ticket, I submit to you this, that the Democrats will retake the Senate. They only have to take four seats, maybe five. If they take four seats, it's 50-50, and the vice president casts a deciding vote. And if that's the case, you simply do away with the filibuster. 
do away with it because they're going to obstruct and obstruct and obstruct. They have grinded this nation to an eight-year halt. And even though the obstruction has been historic, I can say that President Obama has done quite a bit, even against the obstruction. It's not enough for me to say he was well-intended. Is this some type of rebellion, some type of revolt? My secretary has declared she quits. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You see, I, too, I too have um, hurdles to leap, and even in my first week of return, there is discourse. In the ranks, I'll simply have to get better at um, doing this work myself. But until then, I can say, I tell you what, we need to all, I would say, stop the feigned indignation. She is who she is. And when she was Secretary of State, she had a 66% approval rating, according to the polls and to the country. Now that she's running for president, she's got a 52% disapproval rating. But Donald Trump has a 57 58% disapproval rating. If you don't think this is a vote for the lesser of two evils, do you think that the Green Party is going to win? I don't think so. Political reality. And I would like for everyone to kind of park themselves in that venue. Put yourselves in that mindset of political reality. You got to hold on until it gets better. You have to hold on. I'm coming. Progressive movement, the Bernie Sanders revolution must drag the Democratic Party back over to the left by purging the Wall Street Democrats, by primarying those on the fence, those Democrats who are on the fence who want to lean to the conservative way. What they fear most from conservatives are their wallet and their ability to propagandize these elections and put them at risk for losing their soft, cushy jobs. You have to give it to them. This is a, this is a perfect, a perfect, way to undermine a democracy. The democracy is almost gone. It's hanging on by a thread. It's on life support. It's on an IV drip. 
It's in intensive care. It's being fed through its feet. And if we can't spread the word, if we can't get the message out, if we can do anything, we should be able to stand for something. Principle, yes. Foolish, no. Five months. Five months until election day. We have to fight through the suppression. We have to fight through all of the games through the electronic voting machines, through the long lines. But even more important, we have to put people in office who is going to turn this around, who is going to make voter registration automatic, who is going to take away the obstacles that we face when it comes to who we vote for and how we vote. So I'll leave you all this Friday, and I'll go back to being, um, I'll call it underfed and mistreated here at home. (laughs) They won't feed me. I can't go out of the house, so I'm dependent upon them to bring me things. Oh, no. Now I'm, I'm going to be assassinated by scissors. <laughs> Death by scissors. Uh, but I did, like I said, I put the I put the game on uh, tape, and I'll go and listen and watch the game now. If somebody doesn't blurt out the final score, I can go and watch the game. Um, people, this is about political reality, about political reality. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'll be using it quite a bit. But that's what this is about. That's how this is going to shake out. And like always, I I tell you this, and I continue, and I'll continue to tell you this. Week after week, Friday after Friday. You can't always get what you want. But you're not always going to get what you deserve either. And as always, I'll tell you like this. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Our common ground tomorrow 9 o'clock Central Time. Join Janice Graham. Good night. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. So is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you, or even worse, argue you to death. 
92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high. Humility, an all-time low. Everybody knows everything. Everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore. A lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people. I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best a political pushback. Just damn.